0: Wellness for Real is sponsored by Iron Flask. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you guys know how much I love Iron Flask products. Their 64-ounce wide-mouth straw-top water bottle is forever my number one must-have for my wellness journey. It makes laying my water goals so much easier and it makes it cute, to be honest. Having a high-quality, BPA-free, 18-8 eight stainless steel vacuum insulated double walled water bottle ensures that my water stays cold for up to 24 hours, which for me is a must. I also love their overall passion and will to better the environment and cut down on plastic use. They make bottles from 12 ounce sizes all the way up to 128 ounce sizes in so many different styles and colors. I also love that they have straw tops, flip tops, screw tops, and narrow or wide mouth bottles. They really make something for everyone's lifestyle. Beyond just water bottles, they also make amazing high quality tumblers, coffee mugs, food jars, and they offer extra accessories to almost all of their products. One of my personal favorite accessories is the paracord handle. You guys, it comes in so many cute colors to match your bottle and it's awesome for adventures because of its built-in compass and fire starter. Iron Flask even offers a lifetime warranty against manufactured defects and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. You really can't beat that. Their customer service is legit the best quality along with their value for price and customer satisfaction. Check them out for yourself at www.ironflask.com and use the code wellness10 to save 10% on your purchase. And remember, you got this. Morning, bitches, and welcome to Wellness for Real, a live summer series. How are y'all doing today? So excited. We have Jerry from Light Cravings back to chat with me this time, and I'm so excited. We kind of give everybody a little bit more about you and your background and how you kind of got into this food blogging world.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've, um, you know, Southern California, born and raised. Um, I am a college professor at Cal State Long Beach. I teach English. And um, I just kind of got into food blogging as a hobby. I've always really loved cooking and creating recipes on my own. Um, and then I got into, you know, as most people do, I think in our, you know, Weight Watchers community, I got into like the wellness community, um, Weight Watchers initially, but wellness in general. Um, And then I just, you know, I was just kind of posting the stuff that I was making and um, it turned into something much larger. So uh, yeah, just lots of support from people and people wanting, you know, requesting recipes and stuff like that. And so it just kind of took off And now it's kind of like a second business, which is really fun. Yeah, that's
0: amazing. Uh, That's so funny. Every time we talk to a food blogger on this show, we're like, how did you end up being a food blogger? And everybody's response is like, I don't know. (laughs) It just kind of happened. happened. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) But that's amazing. And it's so cool that you can turn that in like something that you're passionate about into a business, right? Uh, So I, I really wanted to talk to you a little bit more about The business side of food blogging and just blogging in general, because I feel like it's this very elusive career. Like we've like all, it, right? yeah, we've all watched like HGTV uh, and had that couple that's like, has a $5 million budget. And they're like, I'm a food blogger. And you're like, what? Like, no,
1: that's <laughs> <the hell works.
0: laughs> right. Exactly. Um, but that being said, like you said, you can turn it into another stream of income if it's something that you're really passionate
1: and that you love to do. Right.
0: Right. Um, so how does that all work?
1: Well, it's funny. I mean, it works with a lot of help from other people. I mean, when I first started blogging, I just um, started a website randomly. Um, I didn't have an audience or anything. I don't even think I was on Instagram yet when I first started it. And I just um, thought like, oh, okay. I like reading food blogs. So I'm just going to start writing one. And then um, nobody was going to it, of course, (laughs) because how would anybody find it? Um so I I just let it go um I had the the light cravings like domain name and all of that and then as I started building up more of a community on Instagram I was like okay well I was just I was just doing the thing where you post the recipes in your Instagram you know and then people were like you know I want to be able to print it and all that and I was like oh well maybe I can be a real food blogger now so I um you know went back to that to that site and um you know started posting recipes there and soon realized that it was a lot of work, uh, which is fine. I mean, it's it's a passion, right? You don't need to be paid for your passion. But um, I was realizing that like I was doing a lot of work and getting a lot of traffic, but not getting any revenue. Which was like, well, I know that it's out there, so I need to kind of figure that out. So um, I just connected with other food bloggers, like um, like Star from uh, Skinny Dish. Um, she was a really big influence and like pointed me in the right direction with, you know, you should talk to this person, to this company whatever. And maybe basically what she was telling me, and this is my advice too, is if you're really serious about blogging and food blogging in particular, but just blogging in general, it really does make a huge difference to invest in like outsourcing somebody to kind of come in and tell you how to do it. Um, go through your website, set it up for you. So you're not spending hours and hours doing this stuff that doesn't end up even doing anything for you in the long run. Right. So, um, I did outsource to um, a company spark media concepts. They're great. They're also food bloggers and they helped me kind of figure it out to where I could actually start making some income off of it. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's been a really interesting couple of years and it's getting really exciting too, um, in the past year or so.
0: That's amazing. And that's so cool that like, I have noticed that as well in the food blogger community. It's like, everybody helps each other out and yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. And you mentioned that it's a lot of work. And I think that that's something that people don't realize. (laughs) And I know we were chatting about this before we came on here. Um, I was watching you live. You were kind of like recipe testing live Mm -hmm. and, I'm like, man, this is like, it's a lot of work, right? A lot goes into it. And I don't think people really think about that when they go onto a food blog and they find recipes, like you don't really think about all the
1: love and time and energy <laughs> that actually went into. Well, you. Recipes. That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I, I don't know if, if my process is the same for other people. I mean, we were talking about this is like, sometimes I feel like I follow people who they just created this lovely meal out of nowhere. And now all of a sudden <laughs> they're posting it and it took like, it was so effortless. And for me, that's not the case. Like, um I've said many times like I have to make a recipe probably like f- at least four times for me to be like okay now I can post it because I just have such anxiety as as we're talking about perfectionism right like I've such anxiety yes. that somebody will make it and it won't work and it's because of my mistake now I'm not saying I'm sure there's people out there who have and I know for a fact there are people out there who have made recipes of mine and it doesn't work out for them for whatever reason um and that's just you know that's just the the nature of food blogging I've done that too What's funny to me is when somebody takes the extra time to then after that, go back on to the person's blog and then talk a bunch of crap about it. Just like, (laughs) I mean, come on.
0: (laughs) Well, that's one thing we know, no matter what you do and how well you do it, there will always be someone who doesn't like it or has something to say. Um, or is negative. So you just have to be true to yourself, but you definitely do that. And you spend a lot of time with your recipes to adding extra notes in and like, oh, they're just no. very thorough. So Thank I appreciate you. that, but I'm also someone who's really bad at reading instructions. So,
1: um,
0: <laughs> I actually, I have a funny story for you. I actually made your orange chicken Okay. Uh, with my nephew and we were like, so excited. we got all the ingredients and we go to make the sauce. And again, we're, he's like me we're both terrible at just like reading instructions we like to figure things out right and I pretty quickly that doesn't really work super well when you're making a recipe so we like <laughs> added all the ingredients for the sauce into a bowl and then we're like well what the hell like it's just like liquid you know we're like well done we had to cook the sauce like <laughs> I, yeah I get it I and guess what it. we figured that out when we went back and read your instructions I was like hey, oh
1: that's yeah. why all those words are there <laughs> I've done that so many times with other recipes. I even do that with my own recipes sometimes because I go back to my own blog and I'm like, okay, we want to have like burgers tonight and then have like jalapeno popper burger. And then I'm like, oh wait, I forgot that one step. Like, and I wrote the thing. So it's not (laughs) like I I don't judge on that. I totally get it.
0: Yeah. What are some of your personal favorite recipes that you've created that you use all the time?
1: Um, oh my God, there's so many. Well, the um there's a chow mein that, um, that I, I've been, we've been making for years and that one's kind of like a Panda express copycat a little bit, just like flavor wise, not noodle wise or anything. I mean, I'm not going to deep fry noodles. It's not going to happen, but, (laughs) um, there's that one. And then, um, recently I have a, like a chicken, like a fried chicken sandwich recipe. I did that one on, on live too, because with any, anytime you try to do something breaded, people have problems with it. It just, it's, it's natural that that's going to happen. Uh, people have different kinds of chicken, different ingredients, you know what I mean? Um, so that one though has been like, we eat that probably I mean, maybe once a week. And it's I'm like seeing a- that
0: all over the gram. So people oh my are God. loving the fried chicken recipe. So how did you I'm come up it. with that?
1: Um, <laughs> Because I love, Popeyes fried chicken sandwiches, <laughs> and I was like, "How do I not spend like thirty points on one sandwich?" You know, right, right. Um, and so I've I realized that like a lot of um, like breaded, like air fried or baked um, recipes, they just don't have like it, they usually use panko or something, and it's like that's not what the fried chicken flavor or feel it's is. Not you know? the same, right? And same. so I know it's crunchy, but it's just it's just not the same. So I. Um, was like determined to find a way to create kind of like a fried chicken situation without frying with actually using like like you know a flour and and all that and so the recipe's weird like you have to put like almond milk into the flour and like and like you know egg into the like it, it's a whole thing to make like chunks of flour in there but in the end i was like oh okay this is it this is this is like the mimicking thing there so um, yeah, I'm, all of my recipes are either a, I really am craving something that like, I've always liked to eat or it sounds really good for me or, um, somebody has requested it. Like usually some kind of copycat recipe from like a restaurant or something that they want lightened up. So,
0: yeah. And we definitely love a good copycat recipe, right? Oh, so good. It's <laughs> my favorite. So what was your first copycat recipe?
1: I actually think it was that chow mein actually, the Panda Express copycat chow mein. Um, And then I did a um, like copycat El Pollo Loco chicken. I don't know if you have El Pollo Loco out there, but um, it's basically like a, like a pollo asada. Um, So I, those were the ones that I did first. Um, I would say the first one that like really blew up was, um, I did the cheesecake factory uh, Louisiana chicken pasta, and that one people like loved, and so um, yeah, that I think uh, I think if you get it, it's like two thousand points for the actual like original from Cheesecake Factory. Or two two thousand calories? Did I say points? I don't know. I'm mean, like, <laughs> holy like both sh- realms. I'm like, you well, no, it's two thousand calories. It's like it's like forty. That's still coins. Cool. That's, that's w- still w- a lot
0: for one meal, right? It's
1: crazy. And then um, I was able to get it down to four hundred and fifty calories. So it like- wow. And it, it, honestly, I think it tastes better. Like a lot of times when you're getting stuff that's so like Alfredo, deep fried, like it doesn't make you feel good when you eat it. Even like the taste is great, obviously, but you kind of feel like crap after. So it's nice to have a happy medium. I don't, I don't ever go for like fat free everything. Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't feel like that tastes that's not as satisfying, but there's always a good middle ground. I feel like, you know, so that's what I try to go for.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I know recently you've been talking about making more dessert recipes, um, and kind of like that's using a mixture of sugar, sugar substitutes and regular sugar, um, which is like, I think that that's so awesome because we're kind of like living in this world where everything is like, no sugar don't.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. Um, And like, you know, sugar can, I mean, there's people who are diabetic. Right. right. And I mean, I totally get it, but I also don't love the taste of sugar substitutes like cooked into things. I'm okay with it, like in my coffee and stuff, but there's something about the, when it gets cooked in, I just don't care for it. But lately I like, like you said, I've been trying like 50, 50, like, okay, let's cut back the sugar by half and then add a little bit of like monk fruit sweetener. And I've been really liking the results of that. So we'll see, we'll see how people respond to it.
0: So, so any teasers on the desserts that you're creating? I know I put my request in for my favorite dessert.
1: (laughs) Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Um, I, so, um, okay. One that I'm almost ready to share are, uh, lemon bars. That's been like highly requested. So lemon bars, I'm, I'm just actually putting in my last batch after this. Um, and then, um, ice cream. So I have some ice cream ideas out there and then cheesecake. Those are the ones that I've been mainly working on. Oh, sorry. And I do have some cookies coming up soon.
0: Awesome. Yeah, All yeah. the desserts. I love desserts. I know. I know you're, you said you're not like a huge dessert person, but I'm not normally,
1: but okay. I'm, you know, I'm opening up a little bit more. It's mainly because I love wine. So wine's my dessert, you know, <laughs> uh, but Fair I'm enough. trying to balance a little bit more. So, oh, oh yeah. yeah. I'm saying try out al- allulose. Okay. I'll try that. It caramelizes like sugar. Sure. Thank you for the uh, recommendation. Yes. I'll try that out.
0: We always love a good tip, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So kind of just wondering, so how did all of this really lead to grow? Like, where was the turning point where you're like, I'm going to food blog?
1: Like, how did that all? Ooh. Um, okay. So it's funny because a lot of my like food blogging peers who I love and they're great. A lot of them, I don't know if you've noticed, especially this past year have actually gone to food blogging full time.
0: Yeah, like
1: quit their day jobs and all that. Love that. I, and I think it's a awesome. lot of people
0: did that over this last year with the pandemic. Oh. A lot of people made huge, major changes and spe- totally specifically in their careers.
1: Oh yeah, I mean it was a weird time, right? So it's just like let's like <laughs> go for it. Or yes, yeah, yeah.
0: So we we almost sold all of our belongings and moved across the country. So yeah, um, it, it's I definitely it. been a
1: crazy year. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, So like I, it's it's, it's strange because I'm basically. Um, balancing two jobs right now. Um, you know, I, I, I don't really want to leave, uh, my teaching position because I worked really hard for it and I'm in a really good position there and I love it. And I get to impact my community in a big way. You know, I teach, um, a lot of like equity centered classes and things like that, that I think are really important. And so I don't, I, it's like my, my connect to my community, you know, my, my local community and my activism, Um, but then the food blogging thing just started to kind of take off as I got, you know, um, people were responding more positively, sharing recipes, things like that. Um, so it's basically because Jeff and I don't have children, essentially I'm able to do that. I'm able to have those two jobs I mean, I, I don't know that there was really a turning point necessarily that I can pinpoint. I know that a lot of larger, um, like larger than me accounts, reposting things or sharing that they were, you know, uh, making my recipes that really helped a lot. Um, so like if people are looking to get into food blogging or any blogging in that sense, um, you know, if you can get other accounts that you, um, that you admire to get them to see you, to, you know, build those relationships, then they can kind of boost you up too. So I think that, I mean, Instagram was really the big thing it was the, the turning point. Once I started getting a larger Instagram following, um, that helped a lot.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I was going to ask you actually what your three top tips are for someone who oh, wants right. to start a food blog. So that's a, that's a great first one is really just it is. connecting with people that are like-minded and in that same community that you are. Cause obviously your food mm-hmm. blogs are all kind of centered around lightening
1: up, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you can build, find a community, um, on social media, uh, it doesn't have to be food. Uh, it could be wellness. It could be working out. Like you're really big into like strength training and all of that. Right. And I know that there's like yeah. a huge community out there for, for that kind of, you know, uh, wellness, um, yeah. or if you create your own, like, if you want to create jewelry or you want to sell things on Etsy, whatever, there's always a community out there of people who are already doing it. So just reaching out or, you know, commenting and liking their things and trying to kind of make yourself visible to those people, then they can become your mentors and, um, and, and boost you up too, as long as they're, you know, good people (laughs) willing to do that. Um, yeah, I think that's the first tip is finding your community, find your, your area. It doesn't mean you have to be friends in real life or best friends or anything. It's just, you know, finding a group of people who have similar interests and goals and, um, being there for them. And I, I, that kind of gets me to my second tip is to like, really engage with your audience. Even if you don't, even, you know, you might think, Oh, I only have like 10 followers. Those are 10 people who are going to your page and are interested in you and what, and what you do, it doesn't minimize them. So, reaching out to them, responding to comments and DMS and stuff like that. I mean, I am the first day I don't, I don't get a chance to respond to every single DM and that kind of hurts me. I wish I could. It's just a busy, it's a busy situation now. Right. But I try and I try to sit down and do that and, and to hear people and to hear constructive feedback, not trolls, but constructive feedback (laughs) Um, and realizing that like the minute you start, um, taking your audience for granted you're done because they're who got you there. Right. So, um, yeah, keeping those, those people in mind and respecting them is huge.
0: That's a great tip. And I, again, I think that, um, People don't even just having a social media page, like when once that's growing, like I remember when I first started my page, I remember when I hit like 500 followers and I was like, Oh, yeah, holy shit, you too. 500 people I don't know. I mean, maybe a few of them I knew like for real, but that are interacting with me and sending me messages and you know, and it's like, wow, and it grows so fast. If you just stay genuine and authentic to who you are, you'll find your people.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's. So for some people it takes longer than, than others, but I was the same way. Like I was so excited. I remember where I was when I hit 500 followers, I was at Knott's Berry farm with my family and we were all freaking out about it. Like, Oh my God. 500. Yeah. And now it's like over a hundred thousand. And it's just like consistency, you know, like, I'm not saying I don't have moments where I'm not consistent, where I, where I don't post for a week or something, but, um, being consistent and like caring, caring about the community too, I think is, important so um uh that's probably i mean this is tied into that tip but like it's really hard but to try not to compare yourself to other people right i mean we hear that all the time in general but especially if you're trying to get into blogging or growing some sort of social media account it's so easy to think well look they have that many likes or that many comments on a post or whatever and I think as long as people are responding to what you have to say, you're winning, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love those tips. Those are fantastic. (laughs) Hopefully (laughs) they help you guys out too. Um, so this is wellness for real. So we like to talk about all aspects of wellness and I always find it so interesting. Um, like what wellness means specifically to each individual person. So for you, what does wellness mean
1: to you? Oh, wow. You know, wellness, evolves for me. I mean, it's still evolving. My definition of wellness five years ago was being at my lowest weight. And that's definitely not my definition of wellness. Now. Um, I, this past year was year and a half was hard for everybody, but this past year I had a a pretty significant back injury and um, I pinched a nerve in my, my, in my spine basically. Mm -hmm. And um, I went through a good a good three months of really not being able to walk, um, and being in like 10 out of 10 pain. And mm-hmm. I, that just put so much into perspective. It was like, wellness for me is being, is not being in pain or at least minimizing my pain and building the strength in my body to make sure that my body's supporting everything. And it, it, it's just, it's holistic for me. It's about flow and breathing and, you know, being connected to my body and listening to my body's cues. Um, I know like when I, when I was really into losing weight, I was really into intermittent fasting, which is still great for people. I mean, I, I, I think it's good, but I started to realize I was waking up super hungry in the morning and I was like, you know what? I got to listen to my body. Like there's, there's a difference between pushing yourself past your, past your limits to, to, to grow And between that, and then actually just ignoring your body's cues and their cries for help, you know, and I ignored pain for a good year before my injury happened. And if I hadn't ignored it, I wouldn't be where I was a year ago. Um, so that for me, wellness for me is listening to my body and really like treating it well, you know, hampering myself, like loving my body, even though I'm not at my lowest weight, you know, um, making sure my body is happy. That is wellness for me.
0: I love that. Um, and you mentioned pain and that's definitely something I know lots about, um, especially specifically back pain, um, right. so you said you had a pinched nerve. So how did you overcome that not being able to really walk? And if you've ever experienced a pinched nerve, you know how painful that is. Um. So yeah. when you say like you were hardly able to walk, like I know exactly what that's like, and that can be, it scary, right? It's- it is
1: really scary. And I mean, I'm still feeling effects to it to this day. I still don't have yeah. full range of motion of um, my, my left foot. Like it doesn't quite I can't stand on my tiptoes on that foot. I mean there's still, you know, things, but I'm in physical therapy. I'm okay. meditating. I'm working out in ways that I didn't work out before. Before, I would just work out for like cardio and, you know, for looking for definition in my muscles and stuff like that, yep. which is great, but now my my working out is like, okay, core strength to back up my my spine and um, you know, doing like yoga ball things and flow yoga and stuff like that. That's supposed to be more sort of opening up my limbs. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's a long process. And, and even just last week, I had a little bit of a, of a regression. Mm -hmm. Um, I woke up and my, my back was in pain again. And I went, I went there, I went like, what, what, what have I been doing for the past year? This is all for nothing. I went to that dark place And then went into my doctor, did some things and realized that like, I've already been through a bunch of crap. I can get through this too. And I'm feeling good again. So it's just, you know, listening to your body and then reacting to your body when it's screaming at you, you know? So. yeah,
0: I always remind myself of that pain is your body trying to tell you something. Yes, so when, yes. we, when we have pain, just it's going to so go easy away. Yeah. We're just like shut down. We're like, it's fine. It'll go away. Yeah, it's, it's it'll heal itself. Especially <laughs> as,
1: as, as women too, we're so used to going through yes. a lot of pain all the time and you just kind of suck it up and it, you go yep. with it and yeah. it's not, it's not okay. Yeah. So. And I
0: actually had, um, uh, well, I have, a herniated disc in my low back. That's there from an injury from a, a long time ago, a car accident. Um, but as I've been strength training, um, I was doing that too. I was doing a lot of it, just like the the movements I like to do and the body parts I want to grow and right. those types of things. And then kind of, I did I mean, I would have pinched nerves every once in a while. I knew how to kind of get it back in place and right. um, do that. But then I started to experience sciatica pain Horrible. Yeah sciatica pain that was crippling me. I had that too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and, um, I started doing physical therapy and they're like, well, that's because you're not strengthening your core enough. You're not, you're not focusing on the right muscles, (laughs) you know, you can build your arms and your legs and your butt and all that stuff. And, but if you're not truly working on your core strength and incorporating that consistently, like
1: you're just going to keep hurting yourself. So absolutely. And sciatica pain. Oh my God. I mean, that is just I mean, it's all connected. Right. But yeah, it's so debilitating and it's frustrating because you're just like, why? Like, how is this connected to this back here? You know, it doesn't make sense. It seems like it connects. Yes.
0: Our bodies are amazing and also very complex, (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) but yes, when you have pain, listen to that pain. Yes. If you don't, it's just going to get worse. Right. Yep. yeah. Um, so moving on, um, I would love to know, do you have, um, so you mentioned like people printing out your recipes and things like that. Do you have an ebook?
1: Or okay. Plans for I'm going to be bashful about this because when I was on the podcast last time and I was talking to Felicia, cause you were out of town on that one. Right. Yes. Um, I, I was like, yeah, I'm making my ebook. And this was like a year ago or <laughs> what, what, how it hasn't been a quite a year yeah. yet. So this was like, wait, maybe like six <laughs> months ago, something like that. And I was so convinced that I was gonna do it. And um it's just a suit, it's so much work to make an ebook. And um I'm still doing it, I'm still in the process. Um I had hoped to have it out by last Christmas. No, no. Um, so I, I mean it's gonna be sometime that It will happen. It will happen. I'm about halfway done with it. Um, so it'll come out soon. But yeah, in the meantime, I'm just really enjoying the recipe creation right now and um, on on the blog. So um, I know a lot of people have been requesting it, and that's awesome. I, I can't even imagine somebody wanting to purchase something that I that I put together. Um, so it'll be self published. I can't say exactly when, but um, it would be nice to have it done by this next Christmas. <laughs> that would be hey. cool.
0: Our goals, like, are the time the timeline on our goals can change, right? Absolutely. Like, I feel like we get so stuck on timelines, but like, oh, it's yeah. okay to change your timeline. And cause Absolutely. life honestly doesn't really care about our timeline most
1: of the time. Right. Absolutely. And I learned that lesson over and over again. I mean, I thought I was going to yeah. own a house by the time I was 30 <laughs> and Jeff and I just bought a condo and I'm 38 and I'm totally yeah. okay with that. It's and fine.
0: Congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you.
1: Yeah, no, it's awesome. And you know, um, very proud of us, but there were moments where I compared and thought, oh God, I should have this by now. And It's just it's silly. You just got to be on, on, on your own pace, you know?
0: Absolutely. I think that we all struggle with that self-comparison. Uh, it's just something we got to check. Right. And just be like, okay, sure. Yeah. Sure. Keep your eye on your own prize. That's what I always say. Exactly. I like that. <laughs> yes. Uh, so what is one thing that you wish you would have known um, about the business aspect of blogging when you had first gotten into it?
1: Okay. This is going to get all really technical. So those of you who aren't into blogging, I mean, I don't know how interesting this is going to be, but um, so SEO, SEO is this like big term and it's like how searchable your blog posts are, and there are certain things you have to do for SEO. So like, you know, I come from a writing background. I teach writing. I, I have written a lot and there were certain things that I learned about writing that you basically do the complete opposite of if you want people (laughs) to read your blog. So, you know, I would have very like, you know, um, organized paragraphs that were, you know, not dense paragraphs, but you know, every top, you know, one paragraph is just one topic. And then when you're writing for SEO, you want to break up your paragraphs. You want one or two sentences per line. So it's easier to read, um, things like that. So I didn't know that I was just writing, like I was writing an essay for my blog and that's just not, so doing some research into SEO and how to increase your visibility on like Google searches and stuff like that. Um, I didn't start really digging into that until probably a year ago. And I started blogging about four years ago. So if I would have known that initially and known to look into SEO and what that means and how to improve it, um, I probably would have been a lot farther along than I am now, but you know, Hey, no regrets.
0: <laughs> and I think with SEO is that's it's good knowledge to have. If you have any type of online business, oh.
1: Yes. Yes. Cause it's all about your reach, right? Yes. How people are going to find you, not just, I mean, that's something that, um, I, I talked about, you know, outsourcing, you know, your blog work sometimes initially at least organizing your blog. And, um, that was something that I, that I realized too, was that like, it's, it's SEO. Yes. Uh, but you want to make sure that you're not just tied to one social media platform. So all of my, traffic was coming from Instagram, which is great, but you, what if Instagram, you know, dies next year? What if, you know, what if people, I mean, and TikTok is coming in and Instagram is becoming less. Eventually Instagram
0: will be the next Facebook or MySpace, right? Exactly. (laughs) Right.
1: And so you, you want to make sure that you're not just, if you're serious about blogging, that you're not getting everything straight from one source. So, I've worked in the last uh, year or so to increase my Pinterest traffic. Um, I need to get into TikTok. I just don't. I don't know. I I, I like TikTok. I just don't. I I don't know. It, it's another platform to to figure out. And I feel like I just figured out Instagram. So, <laughs> uh, right. TikTok um, is
0: complicated. I mean, maybe it's not, I don't know, but I'm really bad with technology and like same with Facebook, like for this podcast, if you have joined our Facebook group, I'm sorry that nothing ever happens in there, but I don't know anything about Facebook.
1: (laughs) Same. I mean, I have a Facebook page for Light cravings. I'm like, sorry, I just repost from Instagram. I don't know. Like, uh, I (laughs) I thought you do it it, (laughs) at least. Yeah. So, um, but I mean that, that is important is to like, spread your net out wider, right? um to try to try to make sure that you're not just, you know, relegated to one area of visibility and that's where SEO helps a lot too. So yeah. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. And those are really amazing tips because again, I feel like Um, even if you're not into blogging, however, whatever you want to do on the internet, I feel like all of these tips really can be super helpful. And we're at a time where a lot of people are creating multiple streams of income. And a lot of those streams are coming from the internet, right? That's where a lot of people do their shopping
1: and learning
0: and everything.
1: Yeah. I mean, if if you want to start an Etsy shop, you know, it's great to have an Instagram, but you should probably have a Facebook page and a Pinterest page and a TikTok right. and all, all of that. Right. Because it's all you about need the to- social media. I know. I
0: know. (laughs) I'm terrible at it. I literally just have the Instagram. You're like talking to me right now. I have a TikTok, (laughs) but I like never, I'm never on there. Well, I'm always on TikTok at night watching other people. Oh, me too. Me too. Me too. (laughs) But making them not so much, Um, Not Pinterest non-existent. Yeah. So these are fantastic tips. So thank you. Um, now I know you kind of got into this food blogging through like the WW world. So are you're still a member? You work, your talking points yes. and things like that. Yeah. So, how did you get into WW?
1: So, um, I've actually been, gosh, I started WW when I was like in my early 20s. Um, when I first, you know, when you turn 21, you gain a bunch of weight. At least I did, and uh, and so I I got through it. I got into it through my mom, and then, um, as always, I got I lost a bunch of weight and I got confident and then got off of it and then gained a bunch of weight back and so on and so forth. Um and then this last time around in 2017 I really like went back for a big time that's when I started my my Instagram and everything. Um I still do I still do it. I've haven't been good about it this past year. I've gained a little bit of weight, but I'm not worried about that so much. It's just I've um, I don't know like I've kind of lost my WW passion a little bit. Um I'm I'm trying to get back into it this week again, but I've I've had like probably four or five restarts in the past couple of months and I'm just I guess I'm leaning a little bit more towards intuitive eating. Yeah. But having my weight watchers knowledge as well, you know what I mean? Like having I know I'm supposed to call it WW, but it will always be weight watchers to me. <laughs> That's what everybody <laughs> says. <laughs> Um, it's, it's, no, it's weight watchers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know. I mean, I just like, it's, it's a great education because I know what like five points looks like for the most part or what, like, yeah. I know portions now are much better. And so it's, that it simplifies everything. Absolutely. It just makes
0: everything so simple because nutrition and dieting and weight loss, like it can be really overwhelming, even though in its essence, it's really simple, right? You put yourself right. in a caloric deficit over an mm-hmm. extended period of time. And you'll lose weight. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Right. And I've, um, I've tried, you know, counting macros and all of that too. And it's just complicated. It's so much work. And so, yeah, yeah WW just makes it really easy. Yeah. Um, but But like I said, I kind of know it now. I just know, I know what I really need to do, which is just more activity because the more active I am, the less tempted I am to splurge on things. Cause I don't want to like cheat myself out of the work that I've done, you know? Um, so that's been kind of a difficult balance for me this past year is I want to be really active, but my body isn't there yet. Yeah. Um, I, because of my injury, like I'm not able to hike, like I used to, I'm not able, like, so I'm getting back to like, okay, 20 minute walks. That's something right. Uh, yoga ball stretches and stuff like that. That's something. So, um, trying to build back into that, but. Uh, but yeah, I, I always go back to WW. It's the only thing that's really worked for me as far as losing weight uh, long-term goes. So we'll see.
0: Yeah. Um, And I think that there gets when people do it so many times, I mean, everybody has a different experience, right? Obviously my experience was I only did it once. I lost weight, I learned a lot and then I kind of realized while I was losing that weight that for me like just being on a program or a diet forever just wasn't what I wanted to do. I get it. Yeah. Um so now I'm just kind of living life. I don't want to I am not intuitive eat. I don't know anything about like I've never read the book. I I don't Oh, I haven't either. I don't see a you know so like I don't want to say I've been intuitively eating but I when no. you talked about what wellness means to you um and it literally just being listening and honoring your body or listening to and honoring your body. That's literally what I've been doing. And sometimes it's really hard, you know, and sometimes you do gain weight and then sometimes it comes really easy and you have those tools and skills that you learned from, you know, for us from WW Um, and it just, you know, you just kind of got to remember that life is not linear. It's never... (laughs)
1: It's so funny you say that. Cause that's what my doctor, my, my physical therapist told me last week when I was all frustrated and I was crying about like, oh. I'm in pain again. And she was like, recovery is not linear. Weight loss is not linear. Um, no, no, you're but- going to have your moments where you circle back, but you, the, the main thing to realize is that you've, you've survived worse. You've been through worse and you yeah. can, you can survive even worse than this. Um, so it's just, remembering that it's not linear. It's not a straight line. I think that's really important.
0: Yeah. And it can be hard when we're, especially when oh, we're I on know. the whatever end of the spectrum, <laughs> you know, up or down <laughs> when we're on the extreme ends, it can be hard to remember that, but
1: absolutely. Yeah, so
0: remembering all the things you've already overcome. Yeah. Help you great. get through whatever you're going through right now.
1: Right. And you probably didn't think you were going to make it through that, but you did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Um, so I know this is like, old news at this point but I told oh. you I was gonna ask you about this <laughs> and it, it you know it like I said nobody's talking about it anymore because this is like I you mean know, a tabloid you know, I love, topic
1: I love real talk so I'm, yes. I'm all for it <laughs> awesome
0: what the hell happened in the ambassador program uh. and what happened to it I mean, and I, and I know other people have spoken on this. So, um, Justin, friend of the show, she has a okay. YouTube video on this. So go watch that. Justin's, <gasps> yes. Justin's okay. journey. She goes into her experience as an ambassador and then Stephanie, um, authentically Steph, mm-hmm. uh, talked about it on her pad on her podcast, wine over matter with Laura right. and talked about her experience. So right. I'm just curious
1: What Jerry's take is? So I will preface this by saying that, like honestly, I do not know what what happened. I and I I don't think anybody truly does because all that happened was we were all all of us ambassadors were in a Facebook group together that was led by you know a team from WW. One day they went, "Hey, we got to do a Zoom call with you all." I didn't make it to that, and then the next day it was like, "Bye, everybody." Thanks for the time. It was out of nowhere. It was really abrupt. It was strange because we had all been in this community together. I mean, say what you will about the ambassador program. There were tons of flaws to it that you and I have talked about personally too. Right. Um, and WW in general, I mean, they, they've flubbed a lot of stuff in the past year and a half. Um, and that, I, I, I mean, if I'm going to speculate, I think that's part of why they shut down the ambassador program, because they were being, um, they were making a lot of mistakes with who they were inviting into the ambassador program without doing any research. They were also um, being held to a lot of account in our ambassador group that led to a lot of conversations where we expressed our disappointment with some things. And I think they were kind of sick of it. Um, I think that was part of it. Um, that's all speculation on my part. Allegedly, I have no evidence for it. Don't but, come for uh, Jerry, <laughs> right? Like that's just that's just the vibe I was getting. A lot of ambassadors were leaving. You know, you and I talked about how I was struggling with whether or not I wanted to stay in it or not. Yeah, and, and I always... and I know you
0: you were one of the people that was behind the scenes and really vocal yeah. about um, yeah. their lack of awareness. Yeah,
1: to say of, the least of right? our of our
0: social climate, right?
1: Exactly, and I had had. You, you and I talked about it, I talked with other people too about how I have, I've always felt that it's better to try to work within something that's not going well than try to leave it, that you are, I always think that people in, I guess not corporations, I try to think that people are redeemable and that there's, you know, a room for improvement and growth. And if I just leave something, then how am I ever going to change it? Um, that's a little bit of a martyr complex, I think, and it's not up to me to do that. But, um, but that was kind of my thought process. Is like I'd rather be there for the conversations than just to leave and have um, nobody. Not not that I was the only one speaking up. There's tons of people who were speaking up. but you know what I mean. Um, so a lot of people were leaving. I think it got too complicated. Um, they weren't um, they weren't reimbursing ambassadors. We had uh, not not reimbursing. So the they weren't paying them. Um, and so So, so you guys were essentially
0: free advertising for WW on Instagram. That's essentially what the ambassador program was, which I picked up right away coming into this community. Yeah. Um, but I think when you have a, when you worked in that type of setting, you see it when that's happening. Um, yeah. so I understood right away, but I think a lot of people came into this community or people come into this community, they would see the ambassador group and they would feel like that was like the ultimate like goal, right. You know, it was to become and- an ambassador because yeah. it was like, oh, well, if you're inspirational, you can become an ambassador, but it was like impossible to become one. And
1: that's, that's BS too. If you think about it, because there's so many people who are inspirational, who were never asked to be an ambassador. And I think it did create some complexes for people in social media. Uh, the whole comparison thing, once again, I mean, yeah, I, I always felt kind of guilty for being an ambassador because I, I never, really like wanted to be an ambassador. It just kind of <laughs> happened. Yeah. And I felt bad because I saw people who it was very clear, their entire Instagrams were just like, pick me, pick me, pick me to yeah, become yeah. an ambassador. And I felt bad for those people because they should be ambassadors. then if they, if they wanted to that, that badly, you know um, it was one of those things that just kind of happened. I was of course, extremely excited and, and pr- I felt privileged and honored and all of that. And then, as I um, became an ambassador and got more into it, I started to realize that, like that, it's just not me. Like, like their missions sometimes were great, but they would send us things and be like, "Create a picnic out of this." And then I'm like, "Well, I don't want to do a picnic. <laughs> I'm not a picnic person." Right. So like, now that doesn't I'm feel authentic. Like, right. So now I'm gonna pretend like, "Look, guys, here's me and my picnic." Yay! And it's like. <laughs> that's not me. So I ended up being not the best ambassador because a lot of their missions I wouldn't do because it just didn't, uh, it, it felt fake to me. Right. Yeah. So I knew that I wasn't the best ambassador and I was totally accepting that they would kick me out at any time. But (laughs) to be honest, I met so many rad people through it and, uh, good friends. I mean, I met you basically as an offshoot of an ambassador situation, right? So yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, that was, I was just invited into a, on a trip, um, by Lacey and I stayed in a house with a bunch of ambassadors. And it's so funny because I was so new to the community. I really Really? didn't I didn't know anybody. Like I don't even right. think I was following most of the people that I like stayed in this house with cuz I was still right. so new so I wasn't really familiar with you guys. Um and yeah, like introduced me to this whole group of people. Yeah. That like are all pretty pretty for me. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and that trip was yeah.
1: amazing. I know, I wish I would have been able to talk to you more. We didn't really get to talk much on that and there were a lot of people I didn't really get to, you know, hang out with who I wanted to, but I, you know, I met a lot of people and that was my my main reason for not leaving the program at, I mean, the first one was, as you were talking about trying to help within and like, you know, have a voice when things got kind of weird. The second one was just the people. Like I I really enjoyed the people that I met for the most part. And, um, and so I didn't want to like, you know, have a disconnect from that. Um, but you know, I knew that I wasn't the best at it and I didn't do all the things that they wanted me to do. And, um, if honestly, if they really wanted people to be taking it seriously, then they, they should have been, you know, paying people for it. And I think they are paying select people now to be ambassadors, which is probably the way it should have been. And, um, it did create a little bit of a, like, um, clicky situation, I think for some people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because within the ambassador group, there was definitely like, which, you know, clicks,
0: like whatever you want to call it, like you're birds of a feather, right? Like pe- people yeah. that you get along with and have the same like of course. interests and like, you're going to connect with those people more obviously. Right.
1: Yeah. And I've, I've never been, um, I'm i I'm an introvert and I, am, um, like a one or two person hangout kind of person. Same. That's why like, okay. So that's Same. why, like, even, even that, that big hangout we had, like, I felt so uncomfortable, even though I was having fun. Oh, I yes. was just like, can we just find a corner to sit in just like two of us and have a conversation? Yeah. I don't know how to exist in a group of like 15 women. Like, I just don't know how to do it. Um, so for me, like I've, I've never been a group person. Like I've uh, even like in high school and stuff, like I've just kind of floated. I would be, you know, I'd have, I was a part of every group and not every group, you know? And so that's kind of how I existed in the ambassador program too. I never felt, um, part of a clique, but like, I knew that they existed and I knew that I had friends in all of them and yeah, some people acted poorly and others were fine. And it's just, I mean, I think that's true in anything in life, but, absolutely. Um, but I do think that it, it started to create kind of, um, like a weird I mean, there's a lot of jealousy about ambassadors too. I mean, a lot of them got a unwarranted hate uh yeah. from people. So yeah.
0: well, and I um. think that um whoever created that program and I find it really interesting that most people who have reached out to like corporate, like while all this was happening, like they didn't right. even know that this ambassador program existed. I know. Um, which you know you have to remember that like WW is a massive
1: corporate. Oh yeah, it's we're like- just such a small. Corner. Yeah, and I think yeah. people
0: get really caught up in this like little Instagram pocket and think that like I I remember like when every time something happens with WW, people are like, "Where's Oprah?" Oh God, <laughs> really think Oprah? <laughs>
1: She's just checking Instagram. Yeah, yeah, cares or
0: knows anything about any of us? Like, no, no
1: she does no. not. <laughs> oh. Absolutely, yeah. It's not like we all knew. Like, we didn't have any connections to anybody. Uh, I mean, there was a, a couple of women who would run our ambassador group, who would send out, you know, our missions and would respond to things on Facebook and stuff. And they were all great. They were all really sweet. I had no problems or issues with any of them. Um, I just think the the program kind of ran away from them a little bit, uh, just WW in general. Like it became a thing where now ambassadors were like speaking out on social media. And I I just, this past year was weird for a lot of reasons. And it was also um, created some really good change for a lot of reasons. Um, People started to become more more vocal about things and um, holding people and companies more accountable. And um, I just think the ambassador program got too messy for them, Um, especially with I don't I honestly don't even remember the name, but there was one ambassador that they asked to join who was very obviously involved in some racist crap. And they didn't even like take the time to do a simple (laughs) Google search about it. It's time to just throw in the towel at that point, you know.
0: Yeah. And I i don't know. I have my own personal thoughts and opinions, obviously. And I wasn't in the program. I was never an ambassador. I just uh, know a lot of stuff and happen to be in the right place, right time. And uh, right. I, I get a lot of information and things like that. But uh, when that happened, I was just like, I don't know, I had a hard time believing that these people didn't know what they were doing. Whoever was in charge of this ambassador program. I don't know. I I'm like, you have to be living under a rock yeah. <laughs> at this point in time with yeah. how aware everyone is uh, with all of the social movements happening and specifically with the Black Lives Matter movement. Absolutely. Um like he- and you're running a uh a- a- And a program that is supposed to provide people with this idea of like inclusivity and they were so vocal about it on Instagram and then literally did the opposite. Everything that they did after that showed that whoever was running their social media, I don't know, to me, and maybe it's just because I'm me <laughs> but I felt like some of those things felt intentional like
1: I don't know oh really I felt like like that
0: specific situation them choosing someone who uh very off it. It, it and it was circulating everywhere everybody had right. these screenshots and messages sure. and converse you know and it was like if people who have a couple hundred followers are aware of this how is this company Or these people who literally are running social media for a huge corporation, like how do they not know? Yeah. I and just had a hard, yeah. I have a hard
1: time believing that, but that's, just I my totally, opinion. I totally agree with that. No. And I mean, I never thought of it as an intentional thing, but it, it does make sense to me because there's patterns, right? It wasn't yes. just one thing. No. It was, there was a it lot was, of little
0: things too. Yeah, well, that we're there was a lot of up. microaggressions and yes, one in yes. particular I actually talked to Lori about when she was on the show. I think we talked about this was they posted a picture of a fruit cake.
1: Oh, <gasps> Okay. Right around Christmas so time, so tone deaf, so tone deaf. Okay, and yes. it
0: was, and uh, and they had all these things that were like things people don't like, right? Because most people don't yeah. like fruitcake, right? And right, on right. there was community organizing, and when yep. I saw that, I I just got goosebumps even just thinking about it again. When I saw that, that's when I was like, oh, they know what they're doing. Then somebody yeah. there is knows exactly what they're
1: doing, and that's I exactly sure, when. And I'm not, gonna- not on the team. right and and that's when that particular post um a friend of mine who's who was an ambassador too, um screenshotted that and this person's on east coast time. i'm not gonna out them because i don't know if they want you know but anyway they're on east coast time so i wake up in the morning and they're like oh my god once again like you know ww strikes again and i woke up to this and i was just like all right, we're done. We were both like, okay, we're out. We're done. We're done with this. Like we've tried, we've sent emails. We've, we've been very civil in our Facebook group about, you know, explaining why this doesn't work. And then we were just like, that's it. And then it was like, uh, yeah, we didn't do any ambassador stuff for like a few months. And then all of a sudden it was gone. So it was like, I don't know, maybe they were ready to just start going all out and just be offensive. I don't know, but Well,
0: hopefully whatever. Oh, Jerry, I don't think our listeners can hear you anymore. Um, I think whatever was going on, hopefully they've fixed it behind the scenes. I know. Right. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That's Um, all we can hope for. Well, we're almost out of time. So if you guys want to hear the rest of this episode, since it looks like maybe some of our sound is cutting out on Instagram, this episode will be on all of our streaming platforms tomorrow, 8 a.m. Central Standard Time Wellness for Real podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, all all the podcast platforms.
1: Sorry, I don't know what's, what's happening. I can try yeah. to re- rejoin if, if you want me to we're probably going to get kicked off in just a few minutes. Okay. Anyway, can you guys hear Jerry now? I'm just going to say, sorry, everyone. Yeah. Let
0: (laughs) us know. I know. Well, Hey, at least we glitched at the end. I
1: know (laughs) it could have been worse. could have been worse. Well, now they, they, they just have to listen back to the recorded one. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) You guys are just going to have to listen to the recording tomorrow uh, to get the end of this episode. So anything else you want to let the people know, Jerry?
1: Um, just that, like, I, I don't know, I just, I really appreciate everybody's support and how lovely and I don't know, just, I'm so lucky to have the following that I have and to have met people like you and the friends that I have on Instagram. And just, I don't know. I just, I just feel the love. I feel the love and sending all my love to everybody. That's awesome.
0: We'd love to see it. And, uh, hi, Stella.
1: We love you Oh too. yeah, Stella, Stella.
0: Another, another awesome lady that was in uh, LA with us.
1: Yeah. We'll have to fantastic. have a
0: reunion, but maybe we will do Absolutely. a smaller group. We'll do a smaller group. This time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like five, five, six of us. First. Yeah. I think that's <laughs> so funny. You said that. Cause you know, I, because I am, I'm really good at being social because it's literally been my job since right. I started working. I've had to be social. So I've gotten sure. really good at it, but I, I hate being in, a- <laughs> oh no, I can I shouldn't say on. I hate yeah. it. It was amazing. That was an amazing experience, but like being in a <laughs> massive group, I know what you mean. You don't, it's harder yeah. to connect with, individual people when you're in such a big group and that's why I showed up an hour and a half late to the meetup
1: (laughs) well there you go you were smart about it
0: (laughs) that's why I show up late to social functions
1: (laughs) I get it I get it awesome well thank you so much for
0: joining us Jerry this was
1: so fun I'm glad I could start off your your live summer series with you I'm I'm excited to see the rest of them